Good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Whether you're in the room with us or worshiping online, we welcome you. Would you stand? And let's think about the testimony we all have. Let's declare. I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. Still the miracle that I just can't get over. My name is registered in heaven. I believe in signs and wonders. I have resurrection power. Still the miracle that I just can't get over. My name is registered in heaven. My praise belongs to you forever. This is my testimony from death to life. Good grace rewrote my story. I'll testify. By Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Come together, sons and daughters, born with blood and washed in water. Sing the praises of the Spirit, Son and Father. Our God will finish what He started. Oh, our God will finish what He started. This is my testimony from death to life. He wrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for what you've done in our lives. And we thank you for the breath that we have in our bodies. Come on, sing this together. If I'm not dead, then you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe if I'm not dead, then you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe if I'm not dead, then you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe if I'm not dead, you're not done. Testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. 
you are happy this morning that it's raining. I am happy that it's raining. One thing the Bible tells us about rain, it comes to make dry clears run with living waters. It makes the ground fruitful and bountiful. And just like God refreshes the earth with rain, he sent the Holy Spirit to refresh us that way. When we have the Holy Spirit living in us, we know that we're fruitful, that we can use these hands and these feet to do the will of God our Father. How about that? Amen. That is good news. This morning our scripture is found in the fourth chapter of Romans, the faith of Abraham. Abraham was humanly speaking, thank you Madonna, the founder of our Jewish, Jewish nation. What did he discover about being made right with God? If his good deeds had made him acceptable to God, he would have had anything, something to boast about. But that was not God's way. For the scripture tells us, Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. When people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. People are count. excuse me, but people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. Can you say you're forgiven today? David also spoke of this when he described the happiness of those who are declared righteous without working for it. And these are the words. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. This morning, I'm happy to say that God looked at this sinful piece of flesh and declared me righteous. You say that too? Can we look to the Lord? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this beautiful, beautiful day. We thank you for the sunshine. We thank you for the rain. We thank you for the many, many blessings that you have bestowed upon us. And most of all, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to wake together in your house and worship you. Because you, Lord, deserve all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. We thank you for your spirit, which you have poured out on this worship experience, Lord, and we will send praises up, and we thank you for sending blessings down. We love you, Lord. We worship you, and we praise your holy name. It is in the matchless, mighty, marvelous, majestic name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, that we say these prayers. Amen. You may be seated. Hey, CTC family, I'm Lynn, and here's this week's news. Church conference meetings celebrate, review, and affirm our church's ministry plans. These yearly meetings are open to all participants of Christ the Cornerstone, and official members of the church may vote at the meeting. This year's church conference is scheduled for Saturday, October 16th at 10 a.m. at the Bear Campus. 
Divorce is a difficult situation to navigate for everyone involved. On Tuesday, October 26, from 7 to 9 p.m., we will be hosting a one-night support event on surviving the holidays. We will be learning how to manage difficult emotions, survive social events, and find hope for your future. There's no cause for this, but we ask that you sign up by visiting our website and clicking on Life Groups or send an email to ccarol at ctcde.church. Having opportunities to reach out to the communities around our campuses is important to the life and growth of our church. On October 31st from 5 to 8 p.m. at the Ellesmere campus, we will be hosting a trunk or treat. This will be a great evening with pumpkin decorating, face painting, games, and candy. We saw a tremendous response to our volunteer needs for Community Day, and so we're asking that you consider helping us for this event. We need greeters, pumpkin decorators, face painting artists, and people to work the games. We will also be handing out flyers in the neighborhood on October 16th at 2.30 p.m. You will find a sign-up link on the events page of our website. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.church or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the Bear Campus office at 302-836-2862 or the Ellesmere Campus office at 302-998-4584. You can also email us at prayer at ctcde.church or if you're worshiping online, you can hit the request prayer button at the bottom of your screen. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. Hey, you know we always, always want to connect with you. So at your chair or on your table, you'll find a connect card. It looks just like this. And if you're online today, we ask that you press the connect tab. On that tab, you'll be asked to give some very basic information. Um, But I think the most important part of the Connect card is where you can list a prayer concern or a praise report. It's important to let God know what's on your heart and on your mind. And how that helps us is throughout the week, we gather in groups to confidentially pray over all your prayer concerns and praises. So please help us out by filling out the Connect card. If you're new here and you're in this room, as you exit the celebration room after worship today, to your left, you'll find a welcome center. A member, either one of our pastors or a member of our staff, will meet you in there to welcome you and offer you a small gift to show you how happy that we are that you're here today. If you're online, please click the welcome the new here button, excuse me, and fill out the information that's requested there. And Pastor Bill and or a member of his team will reach out to you in the coming days to welcome you and thank you for celebrating and worshiping Christ with us. Absolutely. Thank you, Fran, for uh, helping us with that. Good morning, everybody. Great to see all of you here this morning. And uh, welcome online uh, to Christ the Cornerstone. It's good to see everybody here this morning today. As we continue to worship God, one of the ways we worship God at Christ the Cornerstone is we love, serve, and engage. And uh, loving God means that we give of ourselves, and so we want to make it a practice 
here to practice generosity, and this is what Jesus teaches us. And uh, generosity means that we, we're willing to give of ourselves, our whole selves, give of our mind, our abilities, our skills, uh, and also the material things that God provides to us and uh, to give generously. And as you do, uh, there's an offering envelope to do that in, or if you're online, there's a, there's a button to click so that you can give online. And we're grateful, grateful for all of your uh, contributions that help us continue to make disciples uh, of Jesus Christ around the world. And it's part of our ministry together. Thank you. And practicing generosity, we have some principles that we follow. And here's one of the principles. And I ask you to read this with me, please. We give sacrificially, not simply from a surplus. And uh, a scripture that helps us remember that or teaches us that is this one. Let's read this together. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. Let's continue worshiping God this morning. I invite you, if you're here, to stand together as I offer this prayer and the team comes back. Let's stand and let's pray if you're able. Father, we thank you for, again for this day. Come, Holy Spirit, once again and fill us, uh, fill our hearts, fill our minds. Uh, give us the peace that comes only from you as we lift up the truths of who you are. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today is in good times and bad times. He deserves our praise. I count on one thing the same God who never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the way. The same God who never fails working all things out. Working all
Lord, we declare today that your name, that name that is above every name, Lord, it doesn't matter what we see. It doesn't matter what we read in the newspaper or see on the news or hear online. Your name is above every name. And so, Lord, today our choice is to praise you because you deserve it. And because you are working all things for our good and you are never late, we give praise to you. God, at just the right time, you sent your son Jesus to redeem us. We were so far gone that we could not save ourselves. And so, Lord, you sent your son Jesus and we rejoice today because of the life we have in him. Lord, that love that came so far and gave so much to come and redeem us and set us free.
goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Pursue me all the days of my, and then I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's a pretty good deal. God, today we honor you and your great love for us. We celebrate who you are in us. We celebrate what you do in us whenever we get together. We celebrate your spirit that gets multiplied as we sing together, as we fellowship together, as we hear the word together. Lord, your spirit moves in this place and moves in our hearts. I'm going to invite April to come. April is our kids' ministry director. Most of you know her by now, but we just want to make sure that every weekend you get to see her. Uh, just a minute when I finish this prayer families who have children, uh, you're going to send them to our kids' ministry time with uh, Miss April, and uh, they're going to minister to your kids. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for April and her ministry with our children, and we pray today your anointing would fall on her and those who teach and those who lead in, ch in children's ministry, uh, that our kids would see and know your love, your glory, and your presence. We pray for our pastor today as he comes and brings a message as we start this brand new series, Lord, about stories, the stories that you told. Lord, let the stories that you told inspire us to make a change in our lives and have a story of our own to tell. We pray in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. God bless you. You can be seated.
morning again as we turn to God's Word as part of our worship. You know, worship is a pattern. Every church, whether they have a, whether they have a, a formal pattern of worship or whether they have a relaxed pattern of worship, there is still a pattern. And this is the basic pattern of worship. We speak to God. We listen to God. We speak to God. And we listen to God. Whether it's the, the speaking, my speaking to God may come through a song. There are some songs that we sing that allow us to say these words to God. And then there are other songs that we sing at times that allow us to hear the truths of God and what God is teaching to us. And that's the basic pattern of worship. And every worship service you go to, you can see how that works. And uh, so that's what we're doing. And so we're now listening to God, uh, I hope. You're ready to do that, and I hope that what the Lord has laid on my heart to share with you is indeed God's uh, God speaking to us. I love that song we just sang. I don't know if the author of that song intended to bring up the the memory of this, the parable of the prodigal son. Now, we're talking about this. The series is called Parables of Invitation. And a parable, the word parable literally means to compare, to set two things side by side and look at them together. And so when Jesus tells the parable, what he's saying is here is a comparison to what God is or here is a comparison to what life for us is like. And so we're looking at these parables, these comparisons that Jesus is making that invite us to do something or they teach us to invite others. And in the parable of the prodigal son, the word prodigal, most of us probably think that the word prodigal means someone who is lost, someone who, is, who has gone away. Just like the son in that story went away from his father. He wasted all of his, his uh, money on things. But the word prodigal does not mean lost. The word prodigal means lavish. The word prodigal means to do like what I do with butter on my bread. I lavish that butter on my bread. <laughs> I want to taste that butter. When I have a, 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 an ear of corn, I want, to, I want to taste the butter dripping on it. And so I will lavish the butter on that corn. So what's being lavished in the parable, in the comparison of the story of the boy who goes away. Well, I just said it a few minutes ago. He wastes his money. He lived lavishly. He wasted his money. That, that's what the word prodigal means. But also, who else is lavishing something in that story? It is the father who is constantly lavishing. He's laying out love after love after love, grace after grace after grace. And it is a comparison to who God is for us. And God is constantly pouring out His love upon us all the time. And that song that we just sang, let's listen to that. Let's think of this word of, of lavish. And, and the title of that song is Reckless Love. And just to remind us of the words, the, the lyrics say, Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. That's a, that, well, 
thank you, Lord, for people who can write poetry and to put it to song. <laughs> These are powerful words. You have been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. You have been so, so kind to me. The overwhelming, that lavish, never-ending, reckless love of God chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still, you gave yourself away. That's what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross to lavish God's love for us. So we're entering this, this, uh, this series called Parables of Invitation. And, it, and Jesus teaches us to go into the world so that others may know this lavish love of God. But we can't lavish love unless we're first experiencing God's love in our own lives. And God wants that for us. We were created to experience His lavish love in our lives. That's what this series is about. Going out and inviting others to experience the lavish love of God. In the program you've got, I'm sorry that I don't have an electronic version of this, but you have a new thing uh, in the envelopes that we have. We, we, uh, Fran and I talked about the offering envelopes and the connect cards and, and the prayer places. But inside, I want you to take that uh, envelope and inside it is another card that looks like this. And uh, it's, it says message notes. And uh, some people have, have, you know, I'm always, people want to take notes on my messages. <laughs> uh, but some people have said, we don't have enough space for notes. So here's your space for you to write down thoughts. And I hope that you'll, you'll use this uh, for good and uh, to, to remember things. But I'd like all of us to take out, get one of these cards, if you would. And then on your seat or on the table, there's a pen. So reach behind you. Isn't it nice that whoever manufactured these, these seats gave a nice little pen holder right in the back? You know, first time I came here, I thought, man, that is brilliant. But if you're at a table, <laughs> if you're at a table, the pen's around the table. So grab a pen, grab this card, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a prayer, say a prayer, and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to bring to mind to us the names of two people. And I want you to write down those two names. And I don't know what's going to happen with this. Uh, I'll tell you what happened last night when I did this. But let, let, me, let me just pray, and you'll know what, what we're praying for as I pray for it. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, You have given us the task to invite others to experience Your grace, Your forgiveness, Your new life, freedom, from the bondage of sin. Lord, we all know people who need to hear Your good message. So in these next few moments, I'm asking You, Holy Spirit, to bring to our minds the names of at least two people to whom You are sending me, each one of us, to tell them something good about Jesus. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Now let's take, I don't know, 15, 20 seconds to just be silent and write down at least two names of people that come to mind to you right now. you're watching online, don't adjust your sound. This is intent. We're supposed to be silent now. Heavenly Father, I thank you for hearing our prayer and bringing to mind these people. Help us be faithful to the task as we continue to explore these parables today. To share the invitation that others may know your extravagant, lavish, reckless, never-ending love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So last night, when, we, when I did this with, with the folks that were gathered last night, uh, two names came to my mind. One of them is somebody that I know. And then another name came into my mind, and I have no idea who that is. So my prayer is this week that somewhere, this, sometime this week, I'm going to meet somebody with this name. <laughs> and uh, we'll see what God does with that. And I'm looking forward to meeting the person with this name. And I hope that you will do that also. So our series focuses on one of the commands that Jesus gives us to go into all the world to announce forgiveness and to instruct them to learn all that Jesus teaches us. And how does Jesus teach us? He gives us His Holy Spirit so that we will know all the things that Jesus Himself is teaching us. Our key verse for this whole series comes from Luke chapter 14. So if you want to follow along, Matthew, Mark, Luke in the New Testament. Luke chapter 14, verses 13 through 14. And Jesus was with a group of people in this, and He was teaching uh, teaching them, uh, they were talking about banquets and being hospitable to other people. And Jesus says, when you put on a, verse 12 says, when you put on a luncheon or when you put on a banquet, don't invite your friends or brothers or relatives and rich neighbors, for they will invite you back. And that will be your only reward. Verse 13 says, instead, invite the poor, the lame, the, and the blind. Then, at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. Jesus is saying, telling us to be lavish in what He has given to us. When we give a party or banquet, when we have, a, when we have a <laughs> people over to the house, don't invite those who you know are going to invite you back to their house, but invite those who you know won't do that. Be generous with what you do. This verse is our theme verse for our series. And it shows us who Jesus wants us to invite. And it's those who cannot repay us for uh, what we provide in the feast. And this is a comparison. This is a, one of the parables that Jesus, and He's teaching us something about this. So our challenge is going to our, our series is going to challenge us to invite others to experience this great celebration, this great banquet, this kingdom of heaven that Jesus goes on into a, another parable 
and says the kingdom of God is like a great banquet. And so now I want us to jump to, ch- to Matthew chapter 13. We were in Luke chapter 14, but now we jump to Matthew chapter 15. Uh-uh, 14. I know, too many teen numbers. Matthew chapter 14, verse 44. One of the parables that Jesus... What? Oh, I got my numbers all mixed up. I did this with Pastor Bill uh, trying to get the numbers. I know what verse I want to read. But no. Well, I know what I want to read. But I just don't know where it is in the Bible. Chapter 13. <laughs> I sent Bill three emails. I don't know which one of them was correct. But anyway. We're going to Matthew chapter 13. In which Jesus, verse 44, in which Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. And in his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Verse 45 says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. And when he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. Let's go back to verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. Who would hide a treasure in a field? And what is this man doing? Who discovers it? In the culture of that day, when the the people heard Jesus telling this parable, they heard some key words that caused them to get excited. And the key words in this parable are those that this man himself was excited to find the treasure. Who wouldn't be excited to find a treasure? And he was so excited, he hid it again. He discovered that this treasure was worth so much, he didn't want anybody else to find it. But it was so valuable that he hid it again, and he went and he gathered all of the resources that he could, enough to buy at least this plot of land where he knew this treasure was. He was going to have this treasure. This man, as, as the people heard this, they, they imagined this man as being a day worker. Somebody who probably lived day by day. And it's possible that he went out to work to earn enough money to go to the market and buy some food. And when he, he worked long enough in the day, he, he went to his employer and he says, give me my wages for today. He left. He went to the market before the market closed. He purchased food for his family. He went home and he prepared it, gave it to his wife, whatever he had to do to prepare the food for his family to feed them for the day. The next morning he woke up and he did it all over again. But on this particular day, imagine him working the soil. And he's probably got a, some kind of a tool. And we know that this is this, at this time when Jesus was there, they had metal tools. They weren't working with just rocks anymore. They had, they had bronze. They had iron. They had uh, things that they could work with. So he's digging in the ground. Some of us know what, what it means to dig in the ground. I spent many hours pulling weeds and hoeing 
my father's fields, not just gardens, making them weed free. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I hoed through many rocks, and I know what it sounds like to push a rock with a hoe, and it scrapes worse than chalk, uh, fingernails on a chalkboard. This man was hoeing along, and all of a sudden there was a clink, and he dug it, and he discovered this box that was full of treasure. Why was it there? So I have to know, the people understood at that time that when that this part of the world, we know it as, as Israel, as Jordan, as uh, the pa- Palestine. And, and f- for all of humanity, the trade routes passed through this area. They came from the north. They came from the east. They came from the... From the, through the Mediterranean on the west. They came up from the south, from Africa, and they had to get around the Mediterranean Sea, and they passed this way, through this land. So, so just like today, as we, as we see our, our modern-day ships parked out in sea because there aren't enough people to unload the ships, there's a stockpile of the world's goods passing through this land. And somebody came through that land, and for whatever reason, they had this box that was extremely valuable to them. And maybe they dug a hole in the ground because they saw, they saw some bandits coming, some pirates coming, and they decided, I need to hide this before somebody else takes it. And I don't know what's going to happen to me, but if I can, if I can survive this attack from the bandits, I'm going to come back and get this treasure. But for, for whatever reason we don't know, this day worker happened to find that treasure before anybody else could. And he said, oh my goodness, this is worth everything. This will absolutely change my life. Not only my life, it'll change my family's life. And I've got to have this. So he covered it back up. And he went and he, he gathered all the resources. Maybe he took a loan. Because he knew that, that the value of that box was, was worth, he could pay off that loan as soon as he gets this. But he's got to own this property before he can get this. He did everything he could to grab hold of this treasure. Jesus is making the comparison that the kingdom of God is worth everything we have. More than that. And, and many people look at this parable as a parable of how much we are to give and to sacrifice everything we have for Jesus. But that's just a very small part of it. Because this man knows that whatever he has to sacrifice is only going to pale in comparison to what he gets in the kingdom of heaven. And will you do anything in order to grab hold of what Jesus is teaching us, to be part of that kingdom, this is what Jesus is asking us to do. To recognize not what we have to give up to get Jesus, but to look at what are we going to get? (laughs) And so my question to you this morning is, have you considered what you're going to get? And have you considered what you're going to give up if you don't grab what God has for you. Yes, Mary. Pastor Mary. Grab it! 
Mary says. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Let's move on to the next parable. It says, it, it brings the same, the same story. I keep losing my spot. Again, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. And when he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. Who is this man? This man is not a day worker. This man is already a merchant. What does it take in our world to be a merchant? Let's compare him to somebody that we can relate to. This man is an investor. This man is a big businessman. This man is Steve Jobs, Jobs, however you say his name. This man is Elon Musk. And those are the only two men that we know about. This man is the investor who is able to recognize here is a great investment. And I'm going to sell all that I have in order to get this. Because this is going to make me so much more money than what I thought I could have with this investment over here. He's dumping all of his stock He's, 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 what do you call it? Liquidating his portfolio <laughs> in order to get this one. Now, any financial planner would tell us today that we have to diversify because in our markets today, we don't know what this is going to do. We have some hunches, but all of us know that things don't always go the way we plan. But Jesus is telling us that you can count on Him doing what He says. Your investing your life in Jesus is going to be the greatest investment that you ever make. And this businessman knows that what he's going to get from this investment is going to be far greater than what he gives up from this one over here. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like this. Have you considered what you're going to receive from God? Let's do that. Let's take a moment. Let's think about what difference does Jesus make in your life? Does Jesus make any difference at all? And if Jesus, if you can't answer that question, why are you even here in the church? What difference does Jesus make in your life? Some of us have been going to church for years only because it was mere tradition and we have no idea the difference that Jesus makes in our lives. And if we don't know the difference, what are you doing with your life? Yeah, preach it, Mary. 
So let's ask ourselves the question. What difference? What is the investment that I am giving to Jesus? Because I am so convinced that what I'm going to receive in return is worth all of that. Carolyn, I don't know where how Carolyn came across this YouTube documentary, uh, but it's a series of YouTube videos uh, about an Amish family and eventually groups of Amish people who realized that the tradition that they've been living in is not... Now, I'm not saying this about all Amish people, because the same thing happens in any denomination, in any religion. We can get so hung up on our tradition that we miss the point of what Jesus is telling us. And so here's this story of this family who realized that what they had been learning from the Scriptures was not actually Scripture. How did they discover that? Because as they came up through the church, they decided that they were going to read the Bible for themselves. (laughs) And we have the ability to do that today. And we're not dependent on what somebody else says the Bible is. And so this family began reading the Scripture, and, and, and they, they, they realized that what their, their Amish pastor, their bishop, was teaching them wasn't what Jesus told us to do, or what the community was showing others wasn't what they... They were legalistic, and they were just doing the law because that's what they were always told to do. But they never experienced any grace in that. And then they realized, Jesus came to save me from legalism. And I can't get to heaven by doing good deeds. And we can't get to heaven by just doing everything right. The Bible teaches us the opposite. (laughs) The Bible teaches us that none of us can do everything right. Therefore, none of us can earn our way into heaven. Into the kingdom of God is what Jesus... If this... If this kingdom is worth everything, the question is, how do I get into it? And you cannot do enough to earn your way in it. The songwriter of Reckless Love says it. I didn't deserve it. I cannot earn it. And he knows it. So let me share a little bit, a couple of things out of my own life that Jesus already gives to me. Because I have decided to trust in Jesus and give myself to Him Everything I have. And it's a process of learning what that means and living it out. I know many days I fail in that. And there are times when my brothers and sisters, you, come to me and say, Pastor, and I just had a, I, I was just confronted about something that I said a couple of weeks ago. And I needed to make my confession. Remember last week I spoke on confession? And if that person is listening today, I want to thank you for having the guts to send me an email telling me, how I hurt you. And I tried to call, and they didn't answer. So I left a message with an apology. And I wrote an email to this person. And I said, You are right. I hurt you. I know that I did not intend to hurt you, but that doesn't matter. You were still hurt by what I said. And I'm sorry that I did that. Please forgive me. 
We all have to do that. We all have fallen short of the standard that God has created us to live up to. And we have to confess it. So here's, here are some things that I experience. I experience in the kingdom of God a deep sense of purpose for my life. Every one of us needs to know why are we here? What on earth are you here for? You have to answer that question. I believe the best answer for that question is going to come to you when you give yourself to Jesus. And you decide to trust that He created you for a particular purpose, with particular skills, with particular interests and passions, and only you can do what your Creator created you to do. Nobody else can do that. And when you give your life to Christ, you open up the pathway for understanding. You open up the pathway for receiving the the power and, and the knowledge that you need to live out that purpose that you have through faith in Jesus Christ. So in Christ, that part of that treasure box for me is a great sense of purpose. Another thing is forgiveness. And I already told you the story from my life of when, when, we, when I need to ask forgiveness. A third thing is hope. There are a lot of things in this world that, that keep that push down our hope. And we can look at this world and we say, Lord, what are you doing in this world? When are you going to come? But we have hope that He is. But without Jesus, we don't have a hope. A fourth thing is, oh, I already said that, a community. Jesus says it's a kingdom. It's not just a community. It is a kingdom of people who are forgiven, who trust in Christ. A kingdom of people who have given themselves to Christ and said, I want that treasure. And some of us may be here today saying, I don't even know what that treasure is, God. But I'm just digging through this life. And maybe today is the day that you stumble on something that you're saying, I don't even know how big this treasure is, but my hoe has just clunked on something under this soil, and I brushed enough, and I've seen only a glimpse of it, but there's something greater down there. I'm going to cover it over, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to ask Jesus, Jesus, I need to buy this piece of land. I need to buy into you, Jesus. And so I'm giving my life to you. I trust you, Jesus. I trust that you are who you say you are, that you died on the cross in order to forgive me of my sins, that you you are victorious over death, and that you will give me the hope of everlasting life, that you died on the cross to forgive my sins, even mine, all of mine, those that I have committed, those that I am committing, and those that I will commit tomorrow. You forgive me, and I thank you for that. Help me, Jesus. Live the life that you want me to live. Give me the power. Give me the knowledge. So that I can do as you want me to do. And I won't do in order to earn it. But I receive it. And then I will follow you. I will do because you have given it to me. Let's go back to that song. Where did my notes go? (laughs) 
before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life into me. You have been so kind to me. Your reckless love, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. That's your prayer today. I invite you to come. Kneel here. Grab hold of Jesus, the treasure. Confess your sin to Him. Say, Jesus, I need You. If you're online, grab hold of Jesus right now. Say, Lord, I've, I've messed up my life. I don't know how to do it. I need You to teach me, to show me. Maybe it's purpose. God, I've been floundering in this life. I've tried this. I've tried this. I've tried this. I've done that. I've been there. I'm sick of it, God. I need to know the way that You want me to live. And the only way to get that is for me to grab hold of this thing called the kingdom of heaven. doesn't matter what age you are. Ten-year-old, eight-year-old, twelve-year-old, thirteen, thirty-seven, eighty-seven. If you're floundering, not knowing which way to go, grab hold of Jesus. He will show you the way. Let's pray together as we sing. This is the story that you have to tell others. But you cannot invite others to the kingdom of God unless you first have grabbed hold of this. Let me invite you to stand as the team comes and we pray. And I invite you, if you want to come, if you're not quite sure how to, how to make this kind of prayer, come to one of the, our friends at the prayer station. They'll quietly pray with you. Or maybe you just want to come here and kneel and pray. God will give you the words to say. Holy Spirit, thank you for being with us today. Come and be with the people who are watching online. Fill their home with your presence right now in the name of Jesus. Come and be with us now as we decide. What is it, God? What difference do you make in my life? I don't know the answer to that question, and I need you to tell me. How do you change me? I want that kingdom. I want that prize. I want that pearl of great price. It will not disappoint me. Oh, yes, there, will, there may be disappointments, but you will not disappoint me. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Couldn't earn it. Don't deserve it. Can't attain it on our own. And still, it's available for us. Still, he's invited us sent us out to the least and the lost and guess what at one point that's who we were so there's the invitation today let's worship together are you hurting and broken within overwhelmed by the weight of your sin Jesus is calling have you come to Father.